Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. For the parade leading us into our weekly visit with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Good morning, my friend. How are you today? Good morning, Dean. Doing great. I mean, great storm last night, but like you said, hopefully you guys will have great weather for the parade, and uh, it looks like it's going to be beautiful. I look. I think so. I'm all set. I'm going to have my bald head uh, covered. Uh, uh, I'm going to. I have uh, sunscreen SPF 50. Is that good enough? Or should you think That's I should good. should get more? 50 is okay. 50 no, is okay. Yeah. Make sure you put it on well before you get on. Don't put it on right before you get on the parade route. So please put it on early. Oh really? You want to, you want, you want to give that a good half hour to work. So, oh, yeah. okay. All right. To kind of like uh, permeate the skin, uh, sort of, something like that? Exactly. And we say that in very generic terms because there's a difference between sunscreen and sunblock. Sunblock is more of a physical block, right? It's it's almost zinc oxide. They almost come out looking like white paste. Yeah. Where sunblock is actually, excuse me, or sunscreen actually is a chemical that blocks. Those are the ones that need more time. But often you don't know which one you're putting on. So our goal for everybody is to put on whichever, whether it's sunscreen or sunblock, because they often don't know the difference, to put that on 15 minutes, 30 minutes prior to you getting that sun exposure. Mm. So it's going to work whether you're using sunscreen or sunblock. Okay, that's good. I never knew that. I, I would normally just spray myself down, or I, I usually get the spray. Is there a difference between the spray and uh, you know something you would get out of a tube or, or a bottle? Well, you know, they're, they're all based on, like you just said, the SPF. So they've all been tested as far as how much time is this going to protect you from getting a burn. So there's really not a big difference there. And it really comes down to, like I said, whether it's a, a physical block or whether it's a chemical block. So really, uh, both of them are great. There's a lot of good powdered sun, uh, sun uh, blocks as well. They almost come look like a a woman's makeup thing with a brush. Yeah. Um, those are excellent for you if you don't want to get your hands all goopy. Right. But like you said, too, some of the ones that come in the cans right now are super goop is a great one in a can. Um, and it's, it's a really wonderful, works well. And you don't get your hands all messy and it really can really cover a lot of area in the body with a simple spray. Yeah. Which someone else can do to you, which is also nice. Yeah. Uh, somebody on our text line says, don't forget to put the sunscreen on your ears that ears, uh, you know, can get uh, burnt up faster than anything else. And we often forget about those, don't we? You know, it's a great point, and thank that listener, because two things there. One, we put our hat, we put a hat on and we think, okay, we are protecting our face. And all it really does is pulls, it actually is worse because it often will pull your hair, which sometimes blocks your ears, over that. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that the thickness of skin is based on how much irritation and how much the body needs to have thick skin. That's why our, our soles of our feet are thicker skin, because we know it's going to do that, why our palms have thicker skin. But if you look at the tips of our ears, the tops of our ears, where there's really no need to have very thick skin, yeah. it's very thin, can get burned very easily. So make sure you cover your tops of your ears and your ears, and also the back of your neck. People think they put it on their face. But they don't remember to put it on the back of their right, neck. Right, right, right. And you, you'll certainly remember later in the day when you, you wind up uh, getting fried a little bit in some of these areas. Is there anything to the fact that people, people with uh, you know, more uh, skin tone 
are are more uh, likely to get burnt than someone who is not. In other words, uh, someone who is very fair skinned, as opposed to uh, you know like a Mediterranean uh, skin tone or an African American person. Uh, differences in uh, you know protection or you know the possibility for some skin damage in the sun. Absolutely. When we look at damage to the sun, and like you just said, tell me the perfect description of who I'm going to really focus on to make sure they're doing the right things. Redheads, fair-skinned people, people with blue eyes. We know that those people are the ones that we're the most concerned about because their skin burns so quickly. The skin doesn't make, the body doesn't make enough um, melanocytes to protect the skin. When we get tanned, people think that looks healthy, and that's really not the true story. When we get tanned, that's the body's way of trying to protect itself from the damage to the sun. Wow. And unfortunately, those who are redhead and fair-skinned, they don't produce enough of that, so they don't even usually, you know, people say, oh, I don't tan, I just burn. And those are the individuals that we're the most concerned about. Yeah, that's uh, the, exactly uh, what was my uh, perception of it all. Uh, you know, the... Um, uh, when when we're out in, in uh, the sunshine, whether it's today and we've got the 4th of July uh, weekend coming up, what other protections should we, um, you know, we be going through right now? Uh, my dermatologist uh, told me the same thing about, uh, you know, I said, you know, you look nice when you've got a little suntan. You know, you look healthy. <laughs> and he's like, I want you and your bald head to stay out of the sun. Which which is funny because remember back in the day, we not only would go out in the sun, we would put um, uh, oil, oil, oil. We, we, we would essentially be frying ourselves in the sun. We're sauteing ourselves uh, out in the sun back in the day. And some people would put iodine uh, in it. I mean, it was it was crazy what we used to do. Yeah, it really it really was. And and it wasn't that long ago. I mean, but really, right now, when we look at the incidence of skin cancer being the number one cancer that we have anywhere in the world, and two, the preventive measures that we can do now. When we talk about, hey, stop smoking so you can prevent lung cancer, stop, you know, drinking so you can prevent liver cancer, you know, this is one that we can prevent with whether it's a topical, like we talked about. And I'll tell you another thing that's really popular right now are the sleeves. You might see those individuals with the white sleeves that they, they just cover their arms which is great because then you don't have to remember to put that sunblock on. So you see a lot of golfers wearing it because we're not the smartest people in the world. <laughs> and knowing that, you know, to put that sunblock back on, you know, two hours into our game, we don't. But those who are wearing sleeves, you know, have figured that out and, and are really protecting their skin well. Yeah, and if you have some, just a, a lightweight uh, sleeve, right? Uh, it, it it doesn't make that much difference in whether you're going to be hot or not hot. Uh, the the main thing is to protect yourselves from the damaging rays of the sun, which is, uh, you know, what this is all about. Uh, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some other summertime things that uh, we should be thinking about. And there is, uh, we don't hear very much about COVID uh, anymore, but you have a COVID vaccine booster update that I want to get to. Plus, we'll get to your phone calls for Dr. Kevin Most from Central DuPage Hospital right after this. Uh, this time of year, uh, when the weather is great and we were just breathing down the neck of the 4th of July weekend, everybody's going to be outside. We talked about sun protection. I know we should stay uh, as hydrated as possible, right? 
uh, this time of year as well with non-alcoholic beverages? <laughs> yeah, I like how you put the caveat on there, you know, with the non-alcoholic beverages. So we don't encourage people to go out and have a 12-pack of beer to stay hydrated. Right, right. But you're, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. You know, days like today, you know, the hydration status is important. Not only is it, will it be warm, but it'll also be a little windy. And then why, you say, why is that so important? Well, the way we cool our body is actually when we sweat. People think I'm sweating, you know, I'm trying to get, get rid of heat, and that's absolutely true. And a combination of sweating along with a breeze will evaporate that water off our skin quickly to keep us cool, but it also decreases the amount of fluids we have in our body. So absolutely taking, whether it's water or whether it's electrolyte drink like Gatorade, um, if you're going to be out in the sun and you're going to be doing anything strenuous, make sure you keep that. Because by the time you get thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Now, how uh, worried should we be about uh, Lyme disease, which comes from uh, ticks? And how concerned should we be about West Nile virus, which comes from mosquitoes? I was on my deck and, you know, I felt something like kind of buzzing around me and it was a mosquito. I have never seen a mosquito the size of the one that was flying around me the other day. It had a flight attendant on it. That's how big this mosquito was. It was giant. And we really haven't had very much this year because we haven't had much rain. But now, you know, we're going to get some rain and some standing water. So I guess the mosquitoes could be returning any time now as well. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought it up because it is one of the concerns we have are the two, two major infections that we see in the summer. You know, just like I said, West Nile virus and Lyme disease. Interesting that June 1st is when the IDPH, the Illinois Department of Public Health, does their first batch of mosquitoes that they capture. And then they look to see where in the state uh, the West Nile is found. And unfortunately, they've already had three batches of mosquitoes in Cook County that have tested positive for West Nile very early in the year for that. So even though our mosquito population appears to be down a little bit, because like you said, we haven't had a lot of standing water, um, certainly we know that the ones that are out there, unfortunately, we do have West Nile in the area, and that is going to be something that we're all going to need to look for because there's no treatment for West Nile, different from Lyme disease, no treatment for West Nile, supportive measures. So really, when you go out, especially in the dusk, put on some off, make sure you wear something, cutter off, whichever the brand you like, just make sure it has deep in it, and hopefully you'll be protected from any exposure from at least the West Nile virus. Caller uh, from the 6-3 area code texting in a question. Uh, it seems like everybody I know is getting pink eye right now. Uh, is there something uh, going on? Is, is that the case? It, it, are, are we seeing a lot of pink eye right now? Well, it's, it's a very interesting question in the way it was formed as well, because right now you think we don't see pink eye a lot in the summer. Right? We see pink eye during the school year when right. kids go and they touch their eyes and they spread it amongst their kids and then they come home. The vast majority of pink eye is caused by a virus and there's really not a lot to do. It's a little irritating, but it is going to clear up and it's important to wash your hands. The reason I said it started to answer the way I did is the strain of COVID that is around right now, one of the symptoms of it is actually pink eye. Uh-huh. So it's interesting that in the past we haven't seen COVID related with pink eye. But this strain actually does have many patients who will get pink eye with it. So mm. concerning, but again, caused by virus, not a lot to do with it. Wash your hands. Try not to touch your eye and then shake someone else's hand because that's how it spreads. Do you do anything about it or you just have to wait for it to go away? 
just wait for it to go away. You know, if you go to the doctor, certainly we have eye drops for them. If you have it and it lasts more than a couple of days, there are some bacterial cases where the doctor will give you eye drops, but a lot of them go away. But bacterial conjunctivitis, viral conjunctivitis, very common. Even the bacterial will go away without treatment. But if you want to get rid of it, if it's staying more than a couple of days, go in and see the doctor. They'll give you eye drops and they'll clear up quickly. Interesting that it's related to uh, COVID. What is this vaccine booster update that uh, you wanted to mention? Yeah, you know, we were all waiting. What's going on with COVID, you know, uh, boosters? When are we going to hear more? And we finally just heard the XBB virus or XBB vaccine for COVID is going to be rolled out this fall along with the flu shot. So this year in the fall, we're going to be offering the flu shot for whatever strain you know, we designed for. And we've gone with the XBB virus vaccine for COVID. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, if you remember, the original vaccine was based on the original strain of COVID. Then we made our booster that we've all been getting recently or right now uh, based on the BA4 and BA5. Well, during that time, COVID again mutated, and now XBB is a predominant strain. So just like with flu vaccines, we're going to go with whatever the predominant strain is for our vaccine this fall. And it's going to be the XBB, and it was just announced. We're all kind of waiting to say, okay, is it going to be a once-a-year shot, or are we going to do this and, again, have another booster in the spring six months after you get your shot? Jury is out on that, and it'll be based on whether this mutates one more time. Let's go to Ruth on the phone line at 312-981-7200. Ruth, you're on with Dr. Kevin Most. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask the doctor about uh, the DTP shots, um, you know, diphtheria, tetanus, um, pertussis, I guess it is. And um, I've had two of those, you know, at 10-year intervals. And this year would be my next time to have one. Is that important to keep doing that year after year? Or, I mean, time after time? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's not year after year, fortunately. But no, I meant, I meant every 10 years. Right. Right. Absolutely. So the interesting thing, Ruth, is especially with grandparents, we used to just give the tetanus shot because we we're more concerned about tetanus. And we said, oh, pertussis is really kind of fading away. And then probably three or four or five years ago, we had this big outbreak of pertussis. So now you're seeing that we're going back to giving pertussis uh, uh, boosters as well. May, very important for grandparents and, and young parents. So when a parent is uh, in the hospital, you know, getting ready to deliver the baby, we are actually giving a pertussis shot to the husband and to the wife to make sure that they're going to protect that child. So pertussis is one that we used to say, oh, don't worry about it anymore. Just make sure you keep your tetanus up to date. But now anybody who's going to be around young children, we're certainly going to recommend that pertussis shot again because of the outbreak of whooping cough that has, that has unfortunately popped back up. Got a lot of questions about exposure to the sun that we were talking about a moment ago. Uh, someone, uh, someone is asking from uh, the 905 area code, is the sun stronger today than it was years ago because of everything we hear about with the ozone layers uh, fading away? Someone else asks, if you had a lot of sun exposure as a young person, can that damage show up later in life? Yes. So the second question first, yes. Anybody who had major burns as a child, your chance of melanoma is, very, is, is much higher than the individual who was protected 
or lived in the northern part of the, of the country where they didn't have as much sun exposure. <clears throat> Those individuals who had a lot of sun exposure as a child, whether someone like me, where I spent my life, you know, I spent my summers caddying on the golf course, or you were a, a guard at a, at a pool, or you were, you know, at the beach all the time. Right. Those are individuals that should see a dermatologist on a real, regular basis. Once a year, let them do a total exam, a well-qualified, high-quality exam, because we do have much higher chance for melanoma. The other, absolutely, we're unfortunately starting to see more skin cancer and more damage. And whether it's the decrease in the ozone layer, certainly that is one thing that we're looking at to say, okay, do we need to be even more protective now, even at a younger age, because of the decrease of the protection from the sun? Uh, really interesting information. I'm sure we'll be talking about it much more during the summertime. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Always a pleasure, my friend, and enjoy your Sunday today. You guys you take care. We'll talk soon. All right, and we'll check news from the Northwestern Medical Center newsroom coming up next.